0: I'm surrounded by weasels. (sighs) Okay, picture it. Winnipeg, Mm, 5 15 p.m. My lovely girlfriend comes home and she discovers that our garbage can and our recycling can, bin, bin, can, are up on our driveway, in the middle of the driveway. And she asks me, did you put them there? And I said, no, my love, I did not. I did not put them there. Okay, now we've got a mystery on our hands. How do we solve this? What clues do we have? Who can we go to? Now let's flash back to six months ago when there was a condo board meeting. And at this meeting, uh, Sarah has a co slash friend that lives in the same complex as we do. And at she was at the meeting, we were not. We were not there. So our neighbor, and I'm going to give you his real name cause fuck this guy. His name is Lee. What a douchey name I can't I, uh, he's he's Lee. My wife smokes while she's pregnant with twins. uh Smith, Jones, who the fuck cares what his last name is. So now, Lee is the guy, and every neighborhood has a Lee. every neighborhood does. He's the guy that always has time to wash his car. He's always outside. You always get suckered into a conversation with him. Whenever Sarah is in the garage with a broom, if she's sweeping, one time she tried to, uh, or she succeeded in putting up a mount for the bikes, he came over and tried to help. And by help, I mean take over, and by takeover, I mean he installed it improperly. I mean that's cool you know he's trying to help But this is the man that Lee is And even when he has Two pretty Newborn twins like they're probably about two months Old and a four year old bastard Child that always bullies my kid he's, he's the kid That ran at a dog with a stick And uh, His parents did nothing And he bullies my kid and pushes Him around okay while we're on the Subject of bullying kids Okay, I'll remember the garbage. Don't, trust me, I will not forget the garbage story. Let's put that on pause for a second. I've got a new direction to go in. I, I found myself at another, uh, you know, jungle gym kid extravaganza party on the weekend, uh, which I'll have to talk about Saturday as well. But first things first, or fourth things first. I'm at this this thing. And kids, generally speaking, run through these big... um what would you call them? Like a play structure. It's got various slides. There's all different kinds of like jungle gym type stuff. And, uh, in these, in this jungle gym, there were two huge exercise balls. Like they were maybe like four feet across. They're just huge. Like a kid could lay on top of it. No problem. So Malcolm and I go in there and we're playing with these two huge balls and like bouncing them and just kind of generally, You know playing and then these two other kids come in and one of them takes the other ball and I thought okay whatever like I don't need a ball like I just want my kid to like enjoy himself I don't need one so he takes that one he's like and Malcolm's like hey and I was like don't worry about it we have a ball don't worry and then the other kid comes over and takes the big ball from my kid and uh Malcolm goes over to him and he's like hey no don't take that from my mama and I was like Malcolm don't worry about it And then Malcolm looked at me and he's like Fuck this shit this kid's not taking that ball So he goes up to the kid and he's like That's my ball And the kid does this
1: <sighs>
0: he, he growled like a, like a dog Like a rabid dog Like the kid's six years old Use your words you little fucking son of a bitch So then Malcolm comes back at me And he's got his like I'm, I'm terrified face And sits in my lap and just kind of snuggles in And I was like don't worry about it buddy We'll find something else to do and uh, as we were getting up to go do that The kid leaves the ball And he started doing something else right? And he's in there with another little bastard kid Neither were gingers though, strangely And uh, so we get the ball back And it's like, oh yippee You know, my kid gets to play with it again We're drumming on it And then the kid that growls comes over again And he tries to, be- to take the ball and, and I looked at him And I said Listen You're going to have to find something else to do because I was like, fuck this shit already You fucking take a little kid's Like toy, he's like, my kid's like Two, like What what the fuck are you doing, first of all And second of all, uh, fuck off And third, you growl like a Fucking dog? No No, because I thought to myself, what am I teaching My kid? If if Every time someone tries to take Something from him, I teach him to just walk away And, you know, be the bigger man and all This shit, which is fine for adulthood but when you're a little kid, you're going to get pushed around, and you're going to get bullied, and people are going to rip shit off of you, and you're going to have no sense of, like, right and wrong. It's like, just abandon whatever you're doing because someone else wants to do it. Fuck that shit. We were there first. I was very proud of that fatherly moment I just had. Well, didn't just have, but on Saturday I had it. I, was, I felt really good about saying that because I've never done that before. In every other situation, I've been like, don't worry about it. We'll find something else to do, and we'll, I'll distract him and we'll go do something else. But this was the fucking line. You growl? I don't think so. I don't think so listen you're gonna have to find something else to do right fucking rights that was a Mike Schmidt moment I really enjoyed that okay now back to the bastard child and his awful parents uh so the kid like their their kid is just a little asshole he pushes my kid around and like if my if Malcolm has his wagon uh their kid will try and like take the wagon away or push the wagon into my kid And I just, I just don't like him And children really are a reflection I know I can, I can't say it enough But children are a reflection of who you are And if you're a shitty person and a shitty parent It's gonna show And it's gonna be painfully obvious that that's the case All right, so that's where we are up to there Now at this condo board meeting that we weren't at But our friend was My good pal Lee, uh, stands up and he's like Well, this is my stupid man voice Well, you know, my neighbor puts her garbage, uh in, in in the middle of my driveway and I can't get out in the morning on garbage day. You know, how would she like it if I put my, my garbage on her driveway so she can't get out? Okay. So our friend who was there came back and reported that and Sarah was fucking irate. She just does not... Sarah does not like being told what to do. She she just doesn't tolerate it. Like one time we were in a play park, like in the mall or whatever. You know, they have like little kids parks and you have to wear socks and you can't have any food or drink. And Sarah did not have socks on and she had a coffee. So when the 19 year old woman came in and kicked her out, she did not take well to that. She turned beet red. She was very angry. She's like, I cannot believe that she came in here and kicked me out of here. Like, what's the big fucking deal? Sweetie, what are the rules? She's like, shut up. And I was like, sweetie, what are the rules? The rules are no drinks and you have to have socks on. And I'm like, and what were you doing? And she's like, fuck off. And I know when I hear that fuck off that it means uh, stop talking. Okay. And I did. I did. I heated that tone and and I realized that I should stop talking. Okay. Now, so this all comes down to today. It all funnels into just right now. Okay, And my woman calls me and she's like Somebody moved the fucking garbage into the middle of the driveway Which wouldn't have been a tremendously bad thing You know, I mean, irritating, yes Because she had to stop and then move the garbage And then come back onto the driveway And it turns out The most irritating thing to me Is it turns out that because whoever it was that moved that garbage uh, The recycling truck hadn't come yet when they moved it up onto the driveway So now the recycling truck has moved through And we've missed the fucking pickup And we like to recycle You know, I like to recycle things And uh, it was three quarters of the way full So now we've missed that recycling day Because somebody moved them Now if you were me And I were you Okay? Like should we call Columbo into action here? Or perhaps Inspector Gadget? Could we get a lie detector test? Who would you think it was That moved the fucking garbage? And may I may I mention that there is nowhere else to put the fucking garbage So how it works is we we live in uh rows of townhouses some townhouses have two attached and some have four. Sarah and I live in one that have four attached and as I've been You know, I've been mocked about this several times I have four feet of grass in front of my house And it's all dead It's all dead, like it's dead There's nothing growing Like Everywhere else you look in this entire complex Green grass, it looks good For whatever fucking reason, the grass in front of my house is dead Like completely dead Like maybe a weed is growing in there Nothing else, it's just dead grass I don't know why that's important to the story It's really just not But just goes to show you that My grass is dead You know why it's dead? Partially, it's dead because no one thought about how we were going to water the grass It didn't occur to anyone that the grass would need to be watered So is there an underground sprinkler system? No So what they decided, uh, because putting the sprinkler system in now As opposed to when they were building this fucking shit pile Would be incredibly expensive And to have a truck come in with water in it to water everything, also expensive No one planned ahead Shocking so I was like fuck it I'm not fucking watering the grass I'm not spending What would it be? Four cents? Would it be four cents? I don't know Anyway Tur- Turns out it would have been just been Fucking cheaper to water it Than have the-, the grass die Turns out But I didn't give a fuck It's principle of the matter So I have four feet in front of my house That's mine still And that's where I put the garbage Because I put the garbage Leave two feet Put the garbage So maybe it's six feet That's where everyone in the entire complex puts their garbage in front of their tiny little patch of grass. Everyone. Everywhere you look. There's nowhere fucking else to put it. So when he said I was blocking his exit out of his driveway, everyone's exit must be blocked then. And if you are so fucking stupid that you couldn't possibly back out of your driveway, even into my driveway, and then drive out, you are... Fucking moron And you should not be allowed to drive. Okay Okay So I took a minute I posted about this whole uh, calamity on Facebook And I just I just waited Because honestly Because I don't like hearing my woman upset I don't like hearing that someone has wronged her in any way Unless it was You know the chick at the shopping mall That told her to get the fuck out of the playpace. Because I relished that I enjoyed that Because she is never wrong She's always right, I'm always wrong And it's so great every once in a while For her to be wrong and have to eat shit Just a tiny bit, like a tiny bit Oh, she was so mad, but I loved it And she'll never hear this, What so doesn't matter Okay, okay So, now Now my girlfriend's upset The garbage we've missed And I'm angry, I post on Facebook Jolene's all over it, she's like, just hang on a second Take a deep breath, you're gonna have to live next to this guy For a long time, like, don't fly off the handle And for once in my stupid life I heeded that advice I said okay You know what Let's just calm down No one's died Sanchez of old Would have ran over there Screaming Like a fucking lunatic But today I I took Jolene's advice And I chilled out Gave myself a minute Clenched my fists a few times And then I looked out the window I'm like oh look There's the weasel And Malcolm's like Where's the weasel? to see the weasel too and i was like oh shit i forgot that i shouldn't say stupid things in front of you so i go downstairs sarah's coming to pick up malcolm and uh he just happens to be watching uh walking with his twins and his demon child and his fakakta wife and i said lee did you move my garbage today that's exactly how i said it and he's like oh No, why did somebody move your garbage? I'm like, yeah, somebody moved my garbage like up onto the driveway. And we missed the recycling pickup because they did that. Like, do you, did you do it? No, no. I'm like, cause you know, if you have a problem with where we're putting it, you know, I can, if you point out a spot that you think is better or makes it easier on you, just, just let me know. And I will put it there. And I've got my hands up, you know, in the you know, uh, surrender pose or the I mean no harm, uh, you know, uh, situation type, uh, stance. Body language wise, I'm open to suggestion. I mean no harm. Let's talk this out like adults. And he's like, oh no, I don't have a problem with where you're putting the garbage. No, no, it's never been a problem for me. I would tell you about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. You'll tell a fucking... Room full of 60 people, but you won't tell me Mm-mm, No, so uh, do I believe him? I don't know Does it really matter? No Is this an interesting story? Not really Not really, okay But it's what's happened to me today And uh, yeah, yeah Also very sweaty day, very sweaty day Very sweaty, and then I mowed my mom's house Front and back I've been very busy today, I'm I'm on pause I'm on pause, okay I don't know where to go next I've got a few, a few places I could go uh, okay, let's talk about the bandwidth Or it's not even bandwidth, it's storage So if you remember when I first started this podcast A million fucking years ago I had an hour per month And that was adequate Because winter, man, I tell you It's hard to I, I was, did I tell you this story? I think I did I think I walked uh between 146 and 140 50? I, I don't know, I have the number 147 kilometers in my brain For whatever reason A week for Three months I don't know. if I know not many of you are American, apparently, because Podbean is like upgraded uh, and only 20 percent of my podbean has upgraded their statistics. So only 20 percent of my listenership is American. So I, as usual, I'm not going to convert anything. I don't know how many miles that is. It's a million miles. If it's 500 miles. (laughs) Okay, so it's hard in the wintertime. So that one hour was great because I was tired. I kind of I didn't really know how to do this anymore because it's like podcasting with another guy and having a conversation and having like the show move along is a lot easier than sitting here talking to myself and not feeling like a weirdo so in the beginning an hour was more than enough time for me and then it became to be not enough time because you know spring hit feeling like chatting got things going on I'm having adventures and then I upgraded to the three-hour plan and that worked really well and uh, this month, it I ran out. I ran out very early. I ran out with the last show I posted. I think I was up to 97%. It was just dunsies. So, all right, I'm thinking, okay, I just won't put up another show till August. And then I looked into well, how much the upgrade was, and it was like $15 for unlimited audio. Like, sorry, unlimited audio. I can just talk my fucking face off forever. So, I got it. $15 seems really cheap to me. Like, because, okay, it's $96 a year, but that's what I was paying on the three hour plan. So I'm just very confused. I don't understand. They canceled that payment, and now they started. They'll charge me ninety six dollars in July of twenty fifteen, which seems like a really weird deal. Like it seems really good, but it also seems kind of fishy to me. You know, I'm waiting for. I think I think I bought a timeshare somewhere. I think that's what happened, and like I'm just waiting to see what what the fuck could possibly because I don't understand. You know, oral or written instruction ever, despite what I said in my job interview. I I don't get it. I don't pay attention. Um anyway, so whatever I can gibber jabber as much as I want until July. I just hope there isn't some hidden bill coming cuz yeah. Not 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 a good time. Not a good time. Does anybody want a really expensive Yorkshire Terrier? Anyone? His name's Max, but you can change it. He'll come to whatever. He doesn't care. Still paying that one off. Okay. Uh we should go to a segment here. 17 and a half minutes. Jesus Christ. All about garbage and recycling, really? Really, that's a podcast? Really? Okay, let's hear from Kendra. She's uh, submitting for the first time. She has a really crazy story uh, about how she adopted her son. And I hope I thumbed her in the eye just enough to get her to submit the whole story, because I've got two segments from her, and you're going to hear both today. Maybe back-to-back, maybe split up. I don't know. She's one of the listeners that went back and listened, or is in the process of listening to all the Return to Sender shows that I was on, which I think you should all do. Except for the last year, because I really ruined that show for the last year. God, was I boring. I wanted to put a fucking knife in my eye. Because I was just in, like, survival mode. Just, just surviving, man. So I did not contribute very well in the last year of that show. But whatever. The rest, I think, is actually very good. Anyway, here's Kendra with her very exciting, interesting saga.
2: Hey, Sandra. It's Kendra here. And this is segment one of Adventures in Adopting. Um... Every time, uh, for the listeners, every time I hear Sandra, uh, talk about her process and, uh, being pregnant and, um, giving birth to Malcolm, I think, man, I'm a bit of a genius here, I didn't do that, but, um, I'm not sure, after you hear the story, you might have a different opinion, um, it's a bit of a wild ride, lots of twists and turns, so hang on to your seats, folks, and, uh, hopefully... Uh, you'll enjoy what I've got to say. Um, anyone who's considering adopting, you can by all means message me privately because boy oh boy, it's a it's a ride. Anyways, um, also uh, in these segments we may do some uh, off-topic type stuff of what Sandra can expect in the coming years with raising a boy and um, how I've kind of become the outcast of the adoption society because I'm a sarcastic person and kind of (laughs) go beat my own drum here. So um, we don't fit in in a lot of ways. Anyways, I always wanted to adopt. Ever since I was a child, I can't remember any time where I haven't wanted this. Um, Dated lots of women or, well, a few anyways. Um, None of them were willing to to the adoption thing if things got serious a uh, major turnoff for me always found that you know what I would be there for someone else's dream but I wasn't ever sure why mine was not important so decided to give it a go in 2008 on my own um, signed up researched a whole bunch of countries I was very drawn to African countries not sure if it was just a little too much world vision as a child or what the uh, situation was there. And after researching out several countries, several adoption agencies, um, and kind of the bit of the process here in Ontario, um, I decided to go with Ethiopia for a couple reasons. One, it was open to single women. Um, So that worked quite well for me. And there's only, at the time, there was only one trip to Ethiopia. Um, So as a cost-wise, adoption is very expensive um that was you know costs were were considered um and it was a culture that I thought I would have some interest in so um raising a child from there it, some interest in their culture is a good thing um signed on with a with a agency here um that I had heard about things seemed to be going swimmingly well um no issues uh Lots of people had good things to say. Kids were coming home. They were well cared for. So signed on to adopt from Ethiopia through them. Uh, late in 2008, I think in November, I uh, sent the retainer into the agency to officially become a client and got on my way. Um, first step was to do a home study. So I had to find an adoption practitioner. Oh, and in this time, I also bought a house because I had to prove that I could afford this child and had a place to stay, and I lived in a war zone of an apartment building. Um, crazy, we had stabbings and stuff in the main lobby, so I needed to get out of that um, before I had somebody come and look at my house. <laughs> um, the way a homesteading works is you pay someone to basically dig into every aspect of your life. They come to your house, they go through whatever they want to go through, um, you're fingerprinted, police checked, medicals done um you have to get things like your original birth certificate if you're married you have to have all that stuff everything needs to be notarized um anyways so we have to get all that stuff done and the home study practitioner asks you everything about your life um from when you're a kid how you got along with your parents any past relationships anything of that nature um including if you're a nudist god asked that kind of in a roundabout way but that was an interesting one uh not sure what kind of house these social workers uh grew up in but you know that that's that's not really how I live so passed that test um the one thing they don't ask you is if you're gay though and I kind of think that's a discrimination thing and they can't ask but I'm not real sure on that so if anyone out there is a social worker maybe you could uh clear that one up um, anyways, uh, I'm at five
0: minutes, so I'm going to continue in at another time. Um, talk to y'all later. Bye. That was a fucking pretty impressive first crack at this. That was really great. You have a wonderful voice, good speed. You got a lot of information across. You were very funny, very cute. I kind of want to spoon you. Like, not in a really sexual way, probably, unless you'd be willing, but just in, like, a nurturing, you know... Job well done, I'm going to put my weird pubic bone near your behind type way uh, I don't mean that in a sexual way probably, Unless you're like, Okay, we covered that part um, I really, I'm going to play your next segment right now I was going to save it, but I like your voice, I want to hear more So, uh, okay, but I did want to talk about one thing The girlfriends of yours that didn't want kids And they weren't really there for you in that regard I'm really glad you dusted them Because had they gone through the process with you Chances are pretty good they would have fucking bailed anyway So fuck them But do you find it's hard to date I'm assuming you're single Do you find it's hard to date With a, with a little guy Like do you, are, are lesbians weird about that Because I always see lesbians With formerly straight chicks And they have kids And then they kind of become a stepdad of, of like sorts So do you find that hard Or like do a lot of lesbians have kids That are like in their early 30s You look early 30s to me maybe late 20s I don't know I haven't really like zoomed in on your pictures or anything but I have creeped on your Facebook a little bit anyway I was just wondered about that if that affects your dating and like lesbians love cats like why wouldn't you love a kid they're kind of exactly the same not at all really okay here's her second segment I want to hear it. I'm really so sh- sh- got a lot of written. Sh- in my you're disgusting no you're disgusting
2: Hey everyone, it's Kendra um, for another segment of Adventures in Adopting. So when I left you last time, we were discussing the home study process and getting through that. Um, My home study did finally get completed um, and sent off to the Ministry of Children and Family Services. Um, They approve your home study on the Canadian side before it can be sent uh, to Ethiopia or whichever country. Um, During the time that I was waiting for that to be done, Um, I took pride training. It's required for every foster and adoptive family in Ontario, and most um, provinces actually have this requirement. There is uh, much to my disappointment. There's no parade, no rainbow flags, and no scantily clad people. Um, It's a weekend where they basically scare you out of ever wanting to do this. They tell you how your children are all going to be traumatized. They're going to have temper tantrums. They're going to want to light your house on fire and kill you. Um, There's nothing positive about it. And I think this basically weeds out most normal people. And um, only the insane people continue with the process. So uh, I kind of ignored it for the most part and continued on. Um, My home study came back once to my social worker, basically because he's an idiot. And there was 88 grammatical errors found in it. So now he actually wanted me to read through it Uh, with a fine-tooth comb, which the first time I read through it, I was not allowed to do. Uh, He seemed to be in some hurry. So I read through it, and we fixed the grammatical errors, and I was pissed, and we sent it back in again. Um, The reason why this really angered me, other than he's just an idiot, and I'd paid him $2,500 for this report, was um, when you adopt, you adopt based on the... Adopting countries rules so they can change them at any time. They have the freedom to do whatever they really like um, under their laws, so You never know what's going to change and for me my biggest concern was that they were going to stop adoptions for single parents So I always wanted time was always of the essence in case they ever made that decision. It's always been a threat um, in Ethiopia that they would always change that to only married couples, so Um, this was a delay that I felt was definitely unnecessary. During the, so once I got approved, I was approved for a, uh, child of either gender, um, from zero to 16 months. Uh, the reason why I'd chosen so young at that time was, um, I was afraid of the attachment aspect of adopting. Um, everyone had scared me that these toddlers were going to be so difficult and, uh, being on my own, I just felt that you know I'd be able to attach with this child so much better if they were younger. Um, so, anyways, June sixteenth, two thousand nine, my home study goes to the ministry, comes back, um, and once you do this point, uh, you have to pay your agency more money. Um, at the point where it gets sent to the ministry, um, they require all of their agency or most of their agency fees on the Canadian side. So I had to write that check as well, and I was uh, happy-go-lucky until July 13th, 2009 happened. Um, On that date, through the Yahoo groups that we all these adoptive parents are connected through, um, we got a message from someone who had been in Ethiopia picking up their children, um, saying that the orphanage had not been paid, that there was no food for these children, and anyone who had passed court, which basically means the child is legally yours— Um, on the Ethiopian side, you're just waiting for documents to bring them home to go and get your children um, because they're not being fed. Um, We had families in the area that went to the uh, agency. The doors were locked. Um, We had some staff that we were able to contact who had basically been told that they had very limited time to pack up their things and the agency was closed and they were going to be bankrupt. Um, This was pretty much the worst day of my life. Um, And uh, I didn't know what to do at this point. It was the end of my dream. Um, I didn't really have another country I could go to. I didn't really have the money to start over either. though I wasn't in all the way at this point. Um, It was very, very devastating and a day I will never, ever forget. Um, I was actually on a project at work. I left for lunch and had 250 emails through the Yahoo site to go through to find out this information. So, um, I'm at my five minutes. I'll leave it there and we will continue with, uh, what happens, um, on the next
0: segment. Thanks very much. Bye. God damn it. I wish I had another one. Fuck. Fuck you. Always leave them wanting more, I guess. Oh, all right. Well, I guess we'll have to wait. Maybe I can bother her on Facebook to send another one quickly. Maybe longer than five minutes. What do you think? Maybe ten? Oh, we should we stretch it out? Should we binge listen? She's like Orange is the New Black. Okay. Heady <sighs> shit. You know what? I, I don't know. I mean, physically, I guess labor is quite difficult. But this is a long, drawn-out process. And every day you're hopeful. And you never, like... I don't know. Adoption is hard. Sarah's parents they adopted a little black boy. Oh shit! What year was he born? Seventy four. So they were on this list, and um, Sarah's mom didn't care really. As long as the baby was healthy and the mother hadn't drank or anything like that, she would have taken any kid, and uh, she did. So uh, the here's here's what happened. I don't know if I'm talking out of school here, but I don't think I am because it's just like the family history or whatever the family story. So, uh, Sarah's parents are on this list. They were having trouble conceiving. It didn't work out for them. So they're on the list. They get a call two days before. And what had happened was, uh, I don't want to give Sarah's brother a fake name. Let's call him Roger. That's a terrible name. So Sarah's brother, Roger, um, was born and he was the result of a young woman going down to where was he where was she she went somewhere like in the caribbean for vacation and she got pregnant some fabulous you know ripped black man stole her heart and uh gave her a gift if you know what i mean in the pants i mean i mean in the pants more than likely semen i mean i'm not a doctor but i'm pretty sure that's how you get pregnant so she was an american and she went down there she got knocked up and what they did in those days was the early 70s they shipped her off, and she went to Canada. She had relatives up here, and she gave birth here. and then I'm assuming she went right back. Now, they 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 gave she gave birth, and two days later,, uh, Sarah's mom is apparently a mother, and it kind of wigged her out because they weren't ready. They had no notice. He literally slept in like a laundry bag. Not a bag. sorry, basket. Not a bag. Not a bag. Don't call CFS. It's too late. He's a grown man, Not a bag. Pardon me. Pardon me. So it was just like, but they had waited years for him. And then, whatever, what's really weird is like, how many years later? Three years later, she got pregnant on her own. Just, you know, she stopped temperature taking and keeping track of her cycles and all that stuff. She just kind of relaxed. She had a kid. And then she got pregnant with Sarah's other brother, Daryl. And then a few years after that, pregnant with her. So it's just weird, weird stuff. Uh, there's another, uh, family lore, a bit of family lore from her side. Okay. So Sarah's, uh, great grandfather was right from Sweden, like right from Sweden. So when her brother was born, came into the family, he was black, which is pretty, you know, hippy dippy It's pretty new age. I think they had a hard time when they traveled. Cause it's like, what are these two white people doing with this small black child? So he's right from Sweden And the story is he goes up to the cradle and he says, oh, that's a nice little nigger. It felt weird to say it out loud, but that's the real story. And she's like, you know, no one took offense to it because it's just that's just what he knew to call them. It was like he was 75 years old. So let's just calm down. I'm sorry. I'm excused from the N word on that one. So that's what they always say. You know, it's like and then it's like little things would happen in their family. Like everyone loved Roger. They still do. He's a really nice guy. Really cool. But things that you wouldn't even think of, like Brazil nuts are called, I'm not going to say it again, the N-word toes in, in small communities, right? That's what they called those nuts. So Graham would be like, oh, oh ugh, cause it's like, I'm not allowed to say that. And then also when I was growing up, I didn't know what the word meant, but it was always, ah, oh, shit. When you try to figure out who it was, Hockey oh, Keith and the girl talked about this a couple months ago. It was, um. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe, catch an N-word by the toe It wasn't Tiger where I grew up And I didn't know what it was And I didn't know that it was bad Because I was just a youngin. But man, crazy shit Crazy shit Okay, now you're all up to speed on all that fucking nonsense uh, What else was I going to tell you? Right, okay So let's just uh, switch subjects slightly uh, We all know I'm going to uh, Sarah's brother's wedding So it's not really that big a jump But, um, so uh, a couple days ago we went to the mall and we had oh malcolm got a haircut god did he cry oh i thought he was over that because the last haircut didn't cry but he looks fabulous fabulous Rana and beverly man i'm just channeling all these other podcasts anyway so we went and i'm like let's just go look at the gap because i'm old and fat and that's where mom's shop He just belt it and cinch it does anybody remember that no nobody Okay. Um, I went in there, I tried on some clothes and I'm, I'm trying to make her happy, right? Everybody knows I don't like to dress up, but there's certain occasions where you just have to. And I wish I was a man or a very thin woman and I wouldn't have any problems. I thought I could solve all of these problems. My solution, black pants, tuxedo t-shirt. What? Right? Right? That's what I wanted to get married in. And Sarah's like, you are not fucking buying a shirt like that. And that's been a running joke ever since It's like oh time to dress up for whatever occasion Every three years Tuxedo t-shirt, problem solved And she's like you're not wearing that And like that's the same voice she puts on When I like threaten to get a mullet And it's just Not fucking happening So I get a text The next morning Early saying Listen if you want to go Buy a tuxedo t-shirt and wear black pants. I don't care. I want you to be comfortable and happy. And I don't want you to put on something that you don't want to wear. Okay. Did you just hear the most awesome girlfriend in the fucking universe talking just then? Did you? I did. Yeah. And I was like, I texted back. Is this a trick? Because I thought it was like, what? what's going on here? Am I supposed to take the bait? So I talked to her on the phone later and she said, when I saw you... In that white shirt and those black pants And the look on your face She said you look like how my cats used to look When I dressed them up in cabbage patch doll clothes And I don't want you to feel that way I want you to be comfortable, wear whatever you want I don't care what you wear, my mom doesn't care what you wear Just fucking buy the shirt And I was like, oh I got a little emotional Because she she knew how fucking miserable She knows how fucking miserable I'm going to be So I thought that was really cool. I just wanted to tell you guys about it, because I have a pretty cool girlfriend who likes uh, short, smelly Italian women. Hmm. Not too shabby. So instead of buying the fucking tuxedo t-shirt, though, I just went shopping at Tommy Hilfiger, where I am in... EXTRA LARGE! Oh, you you didn't hear that? What? Oh. Yeah. EXTRA LARGE! In case you missed it the first time. But in my defense... They size those clothes based on like the Chinaman or the Packies or whoever the fuck it is that's sewing these fucking things. It's not my fault. I'm just, okay, I'm large. I think I'd be a large. I think, like, everywhere I go, I'd assume, hey, I'm a large. But extra large. All right, maybe I'm an extra large. Who am I kidding? Who am I kidding here? Why am I lying to myself? Okay, let's go to another segment here because nobody wants to fucking hear from me anymore. And the best part is I can talk as much as I want. Is that the best part? It's a part it's not necessarily good, a good part. Hey everybody, this is Tails, and Tails is a little bit tipsy,
1: so yeah, this should be probably interesting. Alright, so there's a few questions that I am to answer. First question, how do I plan a lesbian wedding? Well, okay, Yoshi, go away. Well, first of all, I don't really know how to plan a wedding. We, if we had it our way, we would just kind of um, go and get the paper signed, and uh, go to Mexico. But unfortunately I have a really big family and uh, they kind of expect a little bit more out of everybody else so for my family's sake we're doing an actual wedding. Who is officiating? Well we're getting married in a church, surprisingly. I was brought up Catholic Christian and uh, she was brought up nothing. But we're going to pretend that she is Christian. my family is very French and Mennonite, so Catholicism and Christianity are very important in my family. So we're going through a church, a very nice church, a United Church actually, in Osborne Village, and it's uh, it's it's gonna be good. I mean, he asked about music and shit, and I don't give a crap. I don't I, the least godly shit as possible. But at the same time, I need to make everybody else happy. So we're doing a mix of Christian and Catholic music and hymns and prayers and all that crap. Uh, How old are we? Well, first of all, I'm not 19. (laughs) I know in uh, the last podcast that I submitted into, you said you were throwing off a bunch of names. No, I'm not 19. I, I don't actually think you said 23, but I just turned 23 on July 10th. And, uh, yeah, so that's how old I am, and my fiancé is 18, she turns 19 in October, uh, yeah, we're young, and I'm sure many of you listeners are like, oh, you don't know what you want, you're too young, blah, 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 but whatever, fuck you guys, we know what we want, we know what we're gonna get, and that's just the end of that. Um, are there any of my family members weirded out by the wedding? Probably. Probably, but it's probably not because of my being gay. Honestly, um, there's been a lot of drama in my family that I tend to stay out of. I don't talk to my family. I'm not involved with my family. They're all crazy. They're all assholes. I don't really like them. But uh, on my dad's side, like my real dad's side, they're all Mennonite. And my dad, he just is going through his second divorce and his third engagement to another woman right now and I did not invite my father because he doesn't deserve to be there my real father not my stepfather not the pervert the the psycho dude um, but I, I did invite all of his family and I invited my stepmom and her family and I don't know if that is causing stress in anything I haven't really gotten any RSVPs back so honestly I think the, the most that's probably going to show up is my uh, co-workers at my part-time job which is cool I guess but um, yeah I mean I don't think my family's really weirded, it, weirded out I think there's just more of a battle between my dad versus my dad's morals versus my morals and most normal people's morals so um, yeah I think that's the only issue that's going to arise um... Yeah, so I'm going to have another drink, and I start my part-time job right away. Oh, I have a funny story. Um, as you, most of you pr- probably understand, is that I'm very underappreciated at my other job. I'm judged and whatever at my uh, full-time employment. But m- at my part-time employment, my bosses are pretty fucking awesome. We just, uh, we made a sales goal. And we reached it, so my bosses threw and all expenses paid, alcohol and food included, a staff party for us. At the same day that we had our staff party at midnight, it was our kitchen manager's uh, birthday. Um, My kitchen manager, we call him Serge, uh, he is a Russian-Korean. Slash Japanese. I don't know, I can't really remember what the hell he was going on about. He's new to Canada and this is one of his first jobs that he's ever had. I in fact trained him in the kitchen and he surpassed me after I went down for surgery for a couple of weeks uh, just recently in December. And so now he's the kitchen manager And uh, the bosses really appreciate him a lot, they appreciate me too, but I mean he's got better availability because it's his only job. And so we go on this this, uh, this staff party and we're all just kind of chilling with our first drinks, you know, a little whatever. And all of a sudden I see the two owners of my part-time job, they're walking off with Serge. And one of them was like, is that, is, that, is that a fucking car with a bow on it? And I was like, that's not a car with a bow on it. It's just one of those like pizza hotline topper thingies. That's what I was thinking. And then they walk up and I decided to leave my drink at the bar and I wa- ran over. Turns out my fucking bosses bought Serge a fucking car for his birthday. Talk about Bosses of the Year. Like, they are so awesome, and I wish I could work there full time so it was more stable and more trustworthy, but there you go. I bet you, you have never encountered a boss or an owner of any business buying one of their employees a car because they appreciate their work so much. Anyways, uh, I'm rambling because I'm a little bit tipsy and I need another drink. Take it easy, everybody. This has been Tails. Also, on a side note, rainbow bright, uh, matching engagement rings is pretty gay, but not as gay as me. I have a male engagement ring, and I'm going to have a male wedding ring, and my fiance is, she's got like diamonds coming out of her ass because I don't go cheap.
0: There's that. Okay. Well, no, <clears throat> I haven't heard of anyone ever receiving a car for their birthday. I, I certainly have never, not even for my own parents. Uh, yeah. So I, that's nice. Am I jealous? Yeah, of course I am. Of course I am. Uh, okay. So you, you're 23 and your girlfriend is also young and yeah, people are going to shit on whatever decision you make. And you know what? I'm a little concerned about it. But uh, you seem to have your head screwed on straight And yeah you're only 23 but let's, let's fucking face facts You've lived more life in those 23 years than I have At 34 So you've got a lot of experience, you've lived a lot of life And I think, I think you're smart enough now to make good decisions And I don't think you'd propose to somebody that you thought was shit So I believe in you, I believe in your choices and I, I as well don't want a diamond ring. I just want a plain gold band. Whoppy, whoppy gold band. Okay, yeah, I'm out of things to say. But you know what? Let's hear from Electric Gary because he's at least funny, and I am not.
3: Hey, it's Andrew's Electric Gary. Been busy as usual. Missed a few shows, but I did just get caught up. Wonderful stuff. I love that we have uh, more people contributing and we're a part of your community. Makes me happy. Uh, in my busyness, I've been uh, going to a lot of rehearsals for this uh, play. and the what the fuck people's emails um, with the uh, play that I've been in for uh, Robin Hood I think I might have mentioned it uh, it's non readers theater I've been doing a bunch of readers theater which is where you just read off a script it's like story time and I'm not a strong reader but you rehearse a little and I can get it out this is having to learn lines and wear costumes and choreograph fight scenes and it's a shit ton of work and it's fucking exhausting and it's night after night and I, I record my lines, listen to them on my iPod, so I haven't been able to listen to podcasts, so I'm behind. But got caught up. Uh, love the stories of, uh, of early childhood or adolescent embarrassments. Um, one comes to mind for myself, although uh, I don't know if it's of any comfort, but I don't recall uh, being overly aware of any other uh, adolescent embarrassments of girls, though on a river rafting trip one time I did see... Uh, a childhood friend's vaginal lip sticking out of her bathing suit just a little bit. I didn't say anything, let it go. I'm sure it was uh, unnoticeable to everyone else. But for me, uh, I was told that if you shave that it comes in thicker and fuller. And, and junior high, for some reason, I thought I wanted a mustache. So I took, not only tried to shave, but tried to shave with a dry razor. So I ended up with Razor Burn, a Razor Burn mustache. It was delightful. And I'm sure probably nobody else remembers it, but it was a, uh, my male mortification. So in our busyness, we've had all these rehearsals m- most every night of the week, while running my ass off, sweating my ass off, all kinds of work going on. And then uh, we've had a few weekends of fun. Next weekend we're going to Portland for our 18th wedding anniversary. Uh, we are going to watch Book of Mormon and stay the night in a classic old hotel and have a nice time. So on our 20th anniversary, two years away, we're gonna throw a prom, it's gonna be Enchantment Under the Sea, and uh, everyone's invited, so come on down to Oregon. Uh, but this weekend, we just got back from a, we went to Tacoma, Washington. It was like a five-hour drive, uh, hauled our little uh, little Honda car that I restored in the trailer and went up for a great drive with a whole bunch of these little microcars and went out on Vashon Island, took the ferries, and, and it was a 70-mile round trip, just one of the better days of my life. It was fantastic. We had a great time. And we kind of fell in love with uh, the BMW Isetta. It's like apparently the car that Urkel drove in Family Matters. I never saw the show, but cute, cute little car. So I'm thinking I might need to do one of those next. I've never wanted to restore another car. I liken it to childbirth where it's horrible, painful misery. And then after you have the fun with the newborn, then you think, oh, hey, I can do that again. It's no big deal. So I'm starting to think that. But the fun, fun part or funny part of the story was we're staying in this hotel. Um, third floor of three, I go down to the lobby to do something, I come back up in the elevator by myself, fart louder than hell, and immediately I think, oh god damn it, there's gonna be somebody outside the door when I get out of here. Fortunately there was no odor, but open the door, fucking cute girl standing right there. And it was like a trumpet inside that elevator and silent in the hallway where she was standing. I know she heard me. Ah, <sighs> nice little moments. But uh, uh, the rest of the time was great and we're having fun here. And now I've got to go to work, do some more sweating, and then go back to goddamn rehearsal. Let's (laughs) agree. Why
0: couldn't you just? (laughs) Why didn't you just wait until you got back into your room? Like, was it? (laughs) Was it so (laughs) unnecessary? To just let that one rip in the in the in the elevator Was it just did it just have to happen it's just coming out You forced it for it to be trumpety you must have forced it Uh, You've got the worst luck when it comes to toots I think one of the funnier things that you've said was uh, Your your ass is like a hot chick dog whistle (laughs) Every time you toot some hot chick comes around and look (laughs) You've kept that up all right congratulations on 18 years Your wife is smoking hot Smoking hot she looks delicious, I hope that doesn't offend you But I'm pretty impressed with uh, With how hot she is And neither one of you age, it's really weird Really weird Like on Facebook, uh, I can't remember if it was you or Your wife But uh, they put up pictures You guys look exactly the fucking same You've not aged in 18 years I'm, I'm concerned that maybe you're a Highlander Or like a vampire or something, I'm not sure Okay, I've got one last story. I know. I know. God, will she ever shut up? The answer to that is no. I will not. I refuse to. And now I don't have to. I can just keep talking and talking and talking. Okay. So, let's talk more about Sarah for just a minute cuz she is half of well, more than less than half now, I guess. She's like 25% 75 quarter. I don't I don't fucking do math. Okay? You guys fucking figure it out. Uh She's an important part of my life and we spend a a pretty decent amount of time together and I've grown to know her well. So, okay. Let me give you one example of what, what she's like in a panic situation. When time is of the essence, Sarah is not the person you want to get to. She's, she's kind of flighty. uh, She doesn't know how to make decisions. For example, not in real life, but in stupid situations. For example, there was a time when Malcolm was sick. And uh, he started barfing, and he was barfing all over my lap and all over the nice cloth, uh, non scotch guarded couch that I was sitting on with him. And he's barfing, and I'm like, "Okay, Sarah, get a bowl. You need to get something to put." Like he's barfing. Can you get some? And she got up, and she's like, "Okay, uh, okay," and she went through this process, and she's like walking over, and she's like, "Ah, uh, oh," and I was like, "Move." faster and she's like oh okay uh oh uh okay okay so 15 20 minutes later she comes back with a fucking bowl it's like you know you just like move faster i don't know if it's because i like worked in kitchens for so long where i was like you know when it's time to move move same thing with my job now it's like time is money let's go like don't fucking dawdle just get over there get it done and make it happen so this weekend malcolm's sleeping It's her and I, I'm making her fucking lunches Because that's what I do around here And by the way, I'm neglecting my smelly ass And my filthy fucking kitchen right now To do this with you guys No need to thank me No need to thank me with an iTunes review God forbid, God forbid you get out of your little bubble And go to your computer Or to your phone And type in a nice little review Or even just click the fucking 5 star God forbid you fucking do that, assholes Oh Oh my god I'm not home alone anymore This is really. I'm going to close the door. Hang on. Scared. She's going to hear me tell this story now. It's going to change everything. Hang on. Alright, I can't finish this story. My kid's going to come up here and scream like crazy. I got into the Ritz crackers somehow. I was gone for two minutes, and I've eaten 300 calories with the Ritz crackers. <coughs> Gross. That's why I don't eat on the show. Okay. So I can't tell the story. I can't tell it right now. I'm sorry. Sorry. But you know what? No iTunes review for me. No Keurig story for you.
4: I said it won't be long Before I'm sitting in a room with a bunch of people whose necks and backs are aching Whose sight and hearing's fading, You just can't seem to get up Speaking of hearing, I can't take too much loud music I mean, I like to play it, but I sure don't like to rack it